Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Morning Church. Thanks and amazing worship. You know, worship during the Christmas season can be tough. The guys get up early on Christmas Day before the presents are opened or wherever and they are, they are sacrificing a lot. And the Spirit was here this morning in an amazing way. I felt it like a river running through or wind. I feel it as a wind. If you were sitting here today and wondering what went on and you felt that you were a little bit distant from this and you didn't encounter the Holy Spirit today, I want to encourage you. The Bible talks about this river that runs from the throne of the Lord. The only way you can really get into it is you've got to take a step. You can't be a spectator to that river and watch it sail by. Because you will not, you can taste of some of the fruit from other people, but you will not be part of that river, of that move of God. And so my encouragement to you, don't be condemned by this. But what I encourage you is to take a step out and, and invite God in and say, Lord, I want to feel this. I want to understand what you're doing. I want to be part of what this is. And it's going to require a step of faith for you to do that. But I want to encourage you in that. Because we are a family, we are not going to leave passengers behind on the train of God's movement. You are here with us, and we're going to take you on a journey. Speaking about journeys, we had, um, I've been preaching on the Pilgrim's Progress. This is part three, the final journey. Um, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to hear the other two. The first one was about six months ago, so it was a long time ago. I did preach uh, last Sunday as well. They are on the, um, on the internet for downloading. And um, we're going to close off as we come to the end of the year as well, so it's quite fitting. And it's a real privilege to, to be doing this at this time, and I think it does tie in. I mean, we had amazing word about the crossroads and the decisions brought by Terry this morning, and even by Heather as well, and being led by the Lord. And so there's definitely this theme of leading that is culminating through the service. Psalm 32, verse 8, New Living Translation. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathways for your life. I will advise you, and I will watch over you. Now, what... An amazing promise for the new year or for your journey wherever you're at. Um, the Lord says, I will guide you. I will take you along the best pathway. So you've got decisions. Well, the Lord will guide you to what's best. And I'm going to speak a little bit about that. But I've got a whole lot of teenagers at home and they're always complaining that they don't get to experience enough exciting movies and things like that. So I thought I would, I would talk about Marvel and some of these things. Uh, so who's seen Aladdin here? The movie. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to ask you what these things all have in common. The Lord of the Rings. Anyone seen this one? Ah, yeah. Okay. Spider-Man. Check it out. See, I brought Marvel in. Okay. The Grinch that stole Christmas. Black Panther. Okay. So, what do these all have in common? And now I'm going to get technical. Does anyone know what they have in common? 
There's a baddie. Okay, yeah, there is that. There is a baddie. Anything else that they have in common? Sorry? False gods. Okay, possibly, yes. There are, there's, there's, uh, they come across opponents and enemies that are normally larger than life. Anything else? They're fictional. Yes? Okay, I'm going to take you out of your pain and misery. Okay, and there's the matrix. I missed him as well. Okay, maybe I can preach on that just alone. But anyway, let's move off. Um, so, there's something in literary, what do you call it? Narrative. Okay, my wife is an honors English student. I can hardly get a sentence together, but I'll try my best here. So, if you're studying literature, they talk about a pattern that gets written for novels. And screenplays, by the, the way. And all of those screenplays that I shared with you have something in common. They have this thing called the hero's journey. And it's actually defined. It is a narrative a pattern that is, was identified by this guy, Joseph Campbell. And it talks about the universal adventure and transformation of a hero in his journey. So you have, like, Spider-Man starts off this young oak or Black Panther. You know, he's living the good life. Then there's calamity comes into his life, and he is challenged, and he's stripped of all his power. Then there's this evil that he must overcome, and he has to come through this redemption pattern. Um, And there are three portions, departure, initiation, and return, and it's actually, this diagram probably illustrates it quite well. So we have the start of our hero's journey, and he's in his mundane, normal world, life as he knows it. The Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, he lives in the Shire. Everything goes hunky-dory for the hobbit. Then Gondolf arrives, a mentor, and pulls him out of the shire. We're going on a journey, Mr. Hobbit. And then he is confronted by various trials and, and failure. But while that's happening, he grows. He gets his sword, and he fights off a couple of de- um, goblins. He goes through Mordor. Not Mordor. What's that mountain under where he comes across that giant that, that kills Gandalf, or almost does? Yeah, there's death and rebirth of the character himself, revelation, atonement. He gets powers of some sort or other. You know, Spider-Man gets bitten and Frodo's got his ring of invisibility. And then he returns into that world a changed person. And so there's this journey and a transformation of the hero from loser to hero. And it's a pattern that repeats itself in many of the things that we watch. Now, I'd like to propose that this doesn't come from man. This comes from God. Ecclesiastes, now, Ecclesiastes 3 is an interesting scripture. This is the scripture where Solomon says there is a time for everything. A time for living, a time for dying, a time for crying, a time for joy. And Ecclesiastes goes on and talks all about this, these different aspects of your life and different times. Um, let's see if I can find it quickly. I should have bookmarked everything. Yeah. And so, yes, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot and a time to kill and a time to heal. And so it goes on and on and on, but it finishes with this. I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And this is from the Amplified Version, which I thought was better. He has also planted eternity, which is a sense of divine purpose. 
there is a plan and you know that there is a plan for your life. It's planted inside you. In the human heart, there's a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except for God. God has planted this desire for His plans and purposes into your heart. You can't run away from it. You can't run away from it. It's there. It's hardwired into you. You will look elsewhere, but you will not run away from God. Yet man cannot find out or comprehend or grasp what, what God has done, His overall plan from the beginning to the end. So God has this master plan, and you have got a part to play in it. And God has written a purpose into your life for that. And so you, on this pilgrim's journey, there is a plan that is being worked out by God. And there is an adventure that He has called you on. And I believe that that pattern that we saw for Spider-Man, the Matrix, and the Lord of the Rings follows God's pattern. God is calling you on a journey, which is this pilgrim's progress that we're talking about. And it's a journey of adventure and of discovery, of discovering Him and discovering His plans for your purpose. And so we talked about our pilgrim, Christian. He started off as quite a wimp. That was before he, um, he was born again. That was when he was sitting in the city of destruction and wondering what is going to happen. Then he comes to the cross and he burns and he's set free and he begins this journey and adventure as a born-again Christian into the world he goes. And last week I preached about that portion of the journey. And you can see he gets some weapons on the way. He gets armor. He's plugged into a church. He has people that he is journeying with. He's not alone. And he makes a couple of mistakes, and he gets brought back on track. And we continue our journey on. Now, he, he helped. He came across another Christian on the way called Hopeful. And together they carry on their journey. Now, Hopeful's a bit injured through some of the ordeals that they've gone through. And this work, walk isn't an easy one. So they, they've, he's fought off a couple of demons and had a couple of real challenges on the way. But they come to this place called Vanity Fair, which is a, it's a city where everything is for sale. And it talks about the culture of this world, where you can get anything. Drugs, prostitutes, there's bribery, anything can be bought here. It's a terrible place so in some parts of this world. And he fits, they're walking through this town and they are accosted by the residents of the town saying, come on man. And they refused to give in to temptation. So Romans 12 came to mind. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern what God's will is. And you will live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. And so they have already made up in their minds what is right and what is wrong. And so they are not overcome by these temptations around them. They are not sucked into this consumer culture that is, that is evasive. And what actually happens is they come under a lot of persecution from it. And they get arrested because they are causing a disruption. Because they themselves are causing people to start thinking they are being witnesses in this town. And it doesn't go down well. And they get thrown into prison. And they get put on trial and hopeful actually gets burnt at the stake. It's a bit of a gruesome tale, but, but one of the guys, Christian's buddy, hopeful, gets put at the stake and burnt, and he gets killed by the world order. And it could be crime or whatever, but there is death. And, you see, and he joins up with another Christian in jail called Faithful. 
Uh, so faithful gets burnt. Okay. This is my friend faithful being in heaven for us. So he gets taken up on this journey. And angels come and take him off to the celestial city. And he knows that he's got to continue. And they escape the city. Um, the two of them now. It's, uh, sorry, that's hopeful now he's with. So faithful gets burnt. And they come across a place where they, they go a little bit off the track. And they come to a place called Doubting Castle. And basically they start to question the route that they're on. Is this for real? Is Christianity real? You know, what is this that I'm living? And doubt comes in. And with doubt comes this giant of despair that captures them, the two of them. And despair is a terrible thing. It strips them all the way down, and they just lose hope. So despair comes in and looks at the situation and says, with doubt comes despair. Now, is this for real? And if not, what's the purpose? And what is going on? Why does this happen to me if I'm a Christian? Why am I going through this persecution? What is going on? And this doubt and despair combine. And they take a bit of a whack. You can see he's getting knocked around. And despair is trying to get him to actually commit suicide, kill himself. There's no purpose for life. You've lost your way. You're on your own. There is no God. And this giant of despair is giving them a hard time. And um, what actually happens is that he finds a key. And that key allows them to escape. And the key is the promise of God. And he finds it on him. He had it all along. He just didn't know it. When he searches his body, he finds this key. And he holds it up. It is the promises that God gave him. The word in the scripture and the promises that he had. And that overcomes despair. And it overcomes the doubt. And he holds to the promises and he is set free. And he defeats the giant. And the castle is destroyed. And then they get to a place of peace. They get to this pastoral land, and there are shepherds there, and there are sheep. So they've overcome this despair and doubt. And suddenly, they're walking in this lush land, and they're before the mountain of the Lord. And angels and men are walking together, and there's a place of absolute peace. Um, and so what has actually happened is that Mentally, and in a mature way, they have come to a place of maturity in his walk. Him and his friend are hopeful. That now they have overcome. And now they are sitting in a place of peace. They have found inner peace in terms of their walk and maturity. And so nothing can really come up against them. And they have entered into this place of absolute peace that the Lord promises, says, I will give you my peace. But the problem is you've got to get to it. You've got to get to a place where your faith is strong enough that you understand that you are now walking in this place of peace. And so they are walking in this place of peace. My brethren, so what has happened is the trials and the testing of the journey that went before have brought them to this place. They didn't just get there. They just didn't just walk into this pasture land where it was easy. They had to go through quite a lot to get there on the way. And they can see the kingdom in front of them. But before they get there, they have to overcome death. And death is represented as this river of darkness. But they, the angels encourage them and say, just you know, take faith, step through it. You're okay, you're covered. And so they step through death and they get pulled out of death and they come to the gates of heaven. And they are invited in, come in. The gates of heaven are wide open. And there is Jesus encouraging them 
And you can see that they've been transformed into these mighty men of God. Men and women, by the way, because the next book is actually his wife's journey. But for now, he's sticking to, to Christian. And at the door is one of his friends. And his friends try to get there by taking a shortcut. And Jesus says, sorry, mate, I actually don't know you. You didn't walk the journey. You tried to get here by a shortcut, and you haven't gone through the path that was set before you. Be gone. And tells him, sorry, you're not welcome here. And he kicks him out. And that's actually how the story ends, and it's a little bit sad in that sense, because you have Christian who has gone through all of this, and he enters in, and you can see how he has been transformed. And then his friend who, who decided he was going to go his own way and not follow Christ, and he is, he is rejected at the door. And so the journey took us from this place of a lost city. And we went through to the cross. And an understanding of sin and revelation of sin over here. The cross where Jesus relieves, takes away all the burdens and sins of Christian. And he gets, goes into the church where he is empowered and given the weapons that he needs to fight. He goes through the valley of humiliation and valley of death. Vanity Fair we talked about, and then we see him on this journey through to heaven. And so we've gone through this hero's journey with our pilgrim, and that pilgrim represents us, you and I. We are on this journey, and we, you and I are in different places in this journey. Maybe you are sitting over here. You haven't, it's day as you know it. You haven't made a commitment for God yet. You haven't given your life to Him. Maybe you're sitting over here, facing trials and failure, and you have not really gone through the place of receiving the Holy Spirit, and you haven't got gifts that are empowering you yet. You're in different places on this journey. But we're all on this journey, whether you like it or not. You're there. Maybe you're marking time, sitting on the, on the, on the fence. But we come to the cross, and everything comes to the cross. And I wanted to to bring in Christ's journey follows the same similar pattern, except Jesus was born into the world, not into the mundane world. He came in as God, as man already. But he went through the trials and tribulations. He came, he didn't fail, but he, he was given, say, he went out into the desert for 40 days. Satan came and tempted him. And then he started to bring disciples and he built up. And then we, he come to the cross, which is this point of death where he dies for us. Atonement for, for him, for our sins. And then he sends his Holy Spirit to us. So Christ fulfills a lot of this, but actually as the author of it. And he has gone before us in terms of the pattern. For what merit is it, and this is to enjoy mistreatment for wrongdoing, 1 Peter 2.20. Yet if you are mistreated when you do what is right, and you faithfully endure, this is commendable before God. In fact, you were called to live this way, because Christ also suffered in your place, leaving you his example for you to follow. So Christ is the example. He always will be. He is the first fruits. He is the first, or he is the last Adam. He never sinned and he never spoke deceitfully. When he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he could not threaten retaliation. Jesus 
faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. So Jesus put his faith and trust in his Father. And this pilgrim's progress is about faith. Where do you put your faith? Is it in yourself? Or like Jesus, as your example, your brother, your, your, the first fruits of what God, God's redemptive inheritance, did you faithfully entrust yourself into the hands of, Christ, of, of God like Jesus did? That's what Jesus did. He said, Lord, okay. You, know, you see him in the, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if you can, take this cup from me. But he knows that he's going to go through this. But he says, okay, Lord, your will be done. And basically what he's saying is, I entrust myself into your hands, Father. And so he went through these, 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 you know, it can be a bit depressing to know that, like, sometimes there are battles that we have to face. But there's a purpose for these battles. We, We cannot take the shortcut to heaven. Because it's through these challenges that our character is being developed. This is an amazing scripture. And I want you to to dwell. Whenever things go a little bit south along your walk in 2019, I want you to think about the scripture. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 11. This is the Passion Translation. And this is um, Paul talking about the thorn in his side. So you've heard, um, some of you may have heard that Paul had something that he was suffering from. The Bible doesn't tell you what it is. It could have been a person. It could have been a physical ailment we're not too sure but God answers him but he answered me my grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness so I will celebrate my weakness this is Paul speaking for when I'm weak I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me I'm not defeated by my weakness but delighted for when my I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment When I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I'm made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Okay. That's an amen scripture. It It is quite a lot of meat in there. And we talked about this journey of the pilgrim. And you see his transformation. And I'll show you one more slide. But I want... There are two ways to have looked. You can look back at 2018 and say 2018 was a tough year. I can say that. I ended up in ICU a couple of times. There were financial challenges, whatever it could be. You know, maybe you got broken into. Maybe fear came in through that. Whatever it is, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know what your journey is. But trust me, you're not alone in that walk. But, but, God is making you stronger. I am made stronger, for my weakness becomes a portal to God. God can work through you if you let Him. And He will transform you into that muscle-bound hero that we talked about. A hero doesn't become a hero. Imagine if um, Frodo's story went something like this. And then Gandalf said to Frodo, Frodo, take the ring to Mordor. And uh, Frodo hopped on a horse, and the path was clear. And he rode all the way down to Mordor. And the gate stood open to Mordor, and he rode through it, and everyone waved and cheered as he came through. And he hurled the ring into the mountain, and the enemy was defeated. I don't think the story would sell that well. And 
I don't think Frodo would have been on a transformational journey. I don't think the elves would have said, well done, ring bearer, come with us to the promised land. No, um, the story might have been quite different. And it is necessary for us sometimes. Iron sharpens iron, and there's a purifying fire that is required sometimes to take the attitudes and the issues that we need to deal with. And that doesn't come through the fast lane. That sometimes takes a little bit of time. And, but we have the promises of God. So as Christian was stuck in this, this, this dungeon with the giant of despair, he fought out the promises of God that set him free from that. So we need to hold on to the promises of God for our own lives. And if you do not have a promise for your life, today is the day. Go home, get your Bible, get on your knees and ask God for a promise for your life. You are not here by random. You are not here to exist. You are here as part of God's divine plan and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. If you do not understand that, you will lose hope. You will look at what's going on around you and you will pack your bags and head to Australia. Because you feel that you've got no plan and purpose here. Unless your God is calling you to Australia. Okay, please let me get you wrong there. But many people will make decisions based on fear, on ignorance. They will make decisions based on what is going on around them, what they can see with their eyes. Not understanding that they are on a journey. And not understanding that there are higher plans and purposes for their lives. You are not going to be those people. We are chosen people. So, don't react to what is happening around you. We are advancing forward. We are equipped as a body. We are going to face persecution. There are going to be trials and tribulations. But we will grow. We will overcome. We are on a journey and we will celebrate. Um, so... We see this transformation from zero to hero. And along his way, there are some battles. But God promises you this place of peace. And there are going to be seasons. That Ecclesiastes verse, that our verse, there will be a time that there will be tears. And there will be a time of joy. And life is like that as God moves it through. But through those times you're being changed and you're being transformed. If you think back now to your life over this past year, have you, do you, if you think about it, I would actually challenge you and I would say that I suspect because you're sitting here today, you've actually grown. I will say that you have grown. You've got muscles that weren't there before. You've got spiritual muscles. You've got faith that wasn't there before because of what you had to go through in some of the, the the scenarios that, that you encountered in this walk. And so, because of that, we can say thank you, Lord, for what we went through. We won't see it. Yes, some of it was nasty. But, Lord, we do thank you because you have transformed us. We can actually say it as a, a statement of fact. And some of those things might be very, very tough. You know, we lost family as well this year. Um, we, don't, uh, you know, we don't understand and doubt comes in. But we have to trust the Lord and put our faith in Him. And so I'm going to close off here. This is the final part of the pilgrim's progress. And Jesus went through it before us. 
We are not the first. He has been there and he has made the way for us. He went through that temptation. He fought Satan on our behalf. He overcame the evil. And then now we can follow in his footsteps. But we have been given everything that we need. And we've got to keep our faith. That Bible verse about putting our faith in Jesus. Just like Jesus put his faith in God. We need to trust in our Father to take us through this. I could promise you roses for 2019, but I don't know how accurate it would be. Um, but I think there will, be, there will definitely be success. There will be some many, many highs and a couple of lows. But you will finish stronger. You are being transformed into the image. Christ is in us and he's transforming us into this image of, of, of God's plan for our life. Thank you that Lord, he hasn't abandoned us. He is actively engaged in this. He is active. He has intentionally put his mind to transforming you. There is an intentionality about your life that God has set apart. He doesn't, you're not part of the crowd. You are individuals. And he has put his mind to you and say, come, Doug, how are we going to work together? I'm going to move you, Doug. That's how you're going to enter heaven, bro. Huh? Six pack. So, um, I'm going to finish here and just encourage you. This is a word of encouragement for the year ahead. So we can look back and see the bad, or we can look back and say, Thank you, Lord. You've made me stronger. I am a new creation, and you are working your way through. Yes, you are already born again. You are free from sin. But there is renewing in the mind. There are battles that have to be won. Our spiritual muscles need to move from flabby to, to muscle. Um, and God has put his mind to co-labor with us in this. And there are many things that he wants to, uh, to achieve through you this year. going to be very exciting times for 2019. And we're going to see you there on the other side. So, let's stand and let's close in prayer. Father, we actually just want to thank you so much, Lord, for this journey, incredible journey that we are on as we walk this Christian faith. We are not left to wonder aimlessly, Lord, but your promises are covering us every step of the way. Lord, we are not alone because your Spirit is with us and being sent for us and Christ dwells within us, Lord. And Lord, we know that it's not always going to be roses and flat fields and flat roads in front of us, Lord. But you will be with us, Lord, and you will give us the weapons we need to fight. And you go before us and you come after us, Lord, in this journey that we're walking. Lord, and I pray for every single person here and our families that are away at this moment, either on holiday or with other loved ones or wherever they may be, Lord, that they would have a sense of purpose and identity, Lord, that they will know that they are your children, that their destiny and calling is greater than just the mundane day today. That they are called to a hero's journey, to be heroes of God, to be mighty warriors and mighty men and women of God, to slay the enemy left and right, to overcome through Christ that gives us strength. Not through our own strength, Lord, but through you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can encourage one another that our hero did not go on this journey alone. There were other Christians with him. 
And I pray that we would look and our eyes would be open to those that are around us that might have needs. A word or wherever we can support them, Lord. That we do not walk with our eyes closed on this journey. That we don't just look at, at the cross, but we also look at our man, fellow men and women, and bring them with us on this journey. We we'll encourage each other as we go. And Lord, I just pray, Father, for peace in the name of Jesus. That we can come to this place of peace in maturity in you, Lord. This overwhelming sense of peace over everyone here today. Lord, that we would wrestle for, we would fight for it, Lord. We would go out there and get it, Lord. Lord, I just pray for your blessing over this church. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.